In today's brief, we'll talk about the free sample of Russian Civil War, coup in Moscow, that we just enjoyed. I'm Yulia, and today is Saturday, June 24th, 2023. You're listening to the incredibly brief Russian coup podcast where we bring you up to speed on the poor choices of Russian mercenaries and so-called leadership in about 20 minutes or less. Just about how long the coup lasted. Let's start from the beginning. Around 10.30 a.m. local time on June 23, 2023, 3.30 a.m. in Washington, D.C., PMC Wagner leader and children's author Evgeny Prigozhin made a statement declaring, quote, Ukraine has not bombed Donetsk for eight years, only Russian positions. The armed forces of Ukraine were not going to attack Russia with NATO soldiers. The Russian Ministry of Defense is deceiving the public and the president, end quote. Around 9 p.m. Moscow time, Prigozhin said that Russian troops shelled the rare bases of the Wagner PMC, allegedly killing 2,000 Wagner mercenaries. This has not been confirmed. Prigozhin then declared war on the Russian Ministry of Defense and its leadership, Minister of Defense Sergei Shaigu and Chief of the General Staff Valery Gerasimov, who, by the way, are still nowhere to be found. Prigozhin stated, quote, Today, seeing that we are not broken, they launched strikes and missile attacks on our rare camps. Many of our soldiers and comrades in arms were killed. We have decided how we will respond to this crime. The next step is ours. We will destroy those who try to resist. We will deal with those who kill Russian soldiers. End quote. Roughly an hour later, Prigozhin claimed that Minister of Defense Shaigu fled Rostov. By 11.30 Moscow time, police departments in the Rostov region announced the fortress plan. The plan provides for the emergency gathering of personnel and taking control of particularly important facilities of law enforcement agencies. We've recently seen it implemented in Belgorod. Shortly before midnight, Prigozhin appeared on Russian TV channels, after which the Russian FSB urged Wagner PMC fighters not to follow the, quote, criminal orders of Prigozhin and to take measure to detain him. Clearly, that didn't happen, as Prigozhin announced around 1 a.m. Moscow time on June 24th that, quote, We have crossed the state border in all places. Now we are entering Rostov. The defense ministry units, or rather conscripts, who were sent to block our way have moved aside. The border guards hugged our soldiers. Anyone who stands in our way will be destroyed. We are moving on. We are going to the end. End quote. Geo-confirmed video posted to Telegram around 1.30 a.m. local time showed eight military trucks passing by the Ministry of Defense building in Moscow. And about an hour later, Prigozhin reported in an audio recording that the chief of the general staff of Russia, that would be Gerasimov, had, quote, just given the order to raise helicopters and open fire on the Wagner columns, end quote. Around 3 a.m., various sources shared screen grabs showing street webcams in Rostov-on-Don had been disabled, with error messages reading, quote, access to the broadcast temporarily disabled, end quote. And VK, basically Russian Facebook, and Yandex, basically Russian Google, blocked Prigozhin and associated search terms. 
Reports that Prigozhin's troops had reached Rostov-on-Don appeared a little after 4 a.m., closely followed by reports of firefights and geo-confirmed video of Wagner tanks and vehicles in the center of the city. Within an hour, videos showed Prigozhin's troops at the Southern Military District Command headquarters in Rostov, jogging around with weapons drawn. Prigozhin released a video that was reported to be at the Southern Military District Command building, in which he ordered his forces to begin the advance to Moscow. One of the masked men in the video looked an awful lot like Yanuzbek Yukurov, Deputy Defense Minister of the Russian Federation. Around the same time, it was reported that Wagner forces were approaching Voronezh, and that Russian military helicopters were attacking Wagner vehicles. At 8.07 a.m. local time, it was reported that Russian authorities had raided Wagner HQ in St. Petersburg, with photos emerging of three passports with Prigozhin's photo and fake names, gold bars, weapons, U.S. dollars, and cocaine. For some reason, people were surprised because I guess they forgot that Prigozhin is a criminal and a warlord or something? Russian authorities closed all the entrances to Moscow. By 10 a.m., reports indicated that Voronezh had been seized, and Wagner vehicles were spotted moving through the region on their merry way to Moscow. Belarusian dictator Alexander Lukashenko's plane landed in Turkey, its flight path carefully avoiding EU and Ukrainian airspace. A flight manifest has not been released, so it's not clear who exactly was on the plane. Now, while all of this was happening, Russia was launching KH-101-KH-555 and Kinjal cruise missiles and Shahed drones at central and eastern Ukraine. The armed forces of Ukraine reported that all of the KH-101-555 cruise missiles, one Kinjal cruise missile and two Shahed drones were destroyed by air defense. Photos showed damage to structures in Dnipro and Krivirih. But as of the time of recording, it wasn't clear if the damage was caused by air defense debris or airstrikes themselves. At 10 a.m. Moscow time, Putin made a speech to the nation, saying, quote, I am also addressing those who have been lured into this criminal venture and pushed onto the path of the gravest crime, armed mutiny, through deception or threats. The entire military, economic, and propaganda machine of the West are directed against us. This is exactly the kind of blow that was dealt to Russia in 1917, when the country fought in the First World War. But victory was stolen from her. Intrigues, squabbles behind the backs of the army and the people resulted in the greatest of shocks. The destruction of the army, the collapse of the state, and the loss of vast territories. And in the end, in the tragedy of the Civil War. What we are faced with is precisely a betrayal. Excessive ambition and vested interest have led to treason, to a betrayal of one's country, its people, and the cause for which Wagner Group soldiers and commanders had fought and died, side by side, with our other units. Our actions to defend the fatherland against such a threat will be tough. Decisive action will also be taken to stabilize the situation in Rostov-on-Don. The situation remains complex with the work of the civilian and military administrative bodies effectively blocked. Those who organized and prepared the armed insurrection, who raised their weapons against their comrades in arms, have betrayed Russia. They will be held accountable for it. Really? Were they? 
I call on those who are being dragged into this crime not to make the fatal, tragic, and irreparable mistake, and to make the only right choice to stop participating in criminal actions. End quote. Hmm, I wonder who could use that advice themselves. Wagner aligned telegram channels began calling directly for Russian President Putin to step aside. Three helicopters were dispatched to attack the 50-plus-kilometer-long Wagner convoy on its way through Voronezh to Moscow. Wagnerites appear to have shot down the helicopters, and Prigozhin issued a furious response on Telegram, saying that anything that got in his way would be, quote, destroyed, end quote. According to Russian media outlet Meduza, Russian banks, quote, abruptly, end quote, raised exchange rates for the ruble. One U.S. dollar now costs about 90 to 105 rubles. For reference, two days ago, the exchange rate was around um, 80 rubles per one dollar. This is a serious blow to Russia's slowly collapsing economy. Preliminary yet reputable reports said that Russian President Putin called Belarusian President Lukashenko prior to Lukashenko's arrival in Turkey, and that several private jets left Moscow for Turkey. It has not, though, been reported who was on those private jets. A Russian helicopter destroyed fuel storage in Voronezh in order to stop it from falling into Prigozhin's hands, as Prigozhin's troops continued into Tula Oblast, the last oblast before Moscow. Wagner had advanced further into Russia in 24 hours than they ever did in Bakhmut. Speaking of Bakhmut, do you remember during the super successful Russian winter offensive when Prigozhin released video after video criticizing the Russian Ministry of Defense for withholding ammunition from Wagner troops? As it turns out, the so-called shell famine was a bit of a lie to cover Prigozhin stockpiling ammunition for two months or so to prepare for the attempted coup. Multiple media outlets reported that Putin called Kazakh dictator Kasim Jamar Tokayev, who told Putin that the coup was a, quote, internal matter for the Russian Federation and Kazakhstan would not be helping. Putin received a similar response from the government of Iran as well. A quick sidebar here to remind everyone that Prigozhin is not anti-war. He's pro-Prigozhin. He does not want to stop killing Ukrainians. He just wants to kill them more efficiently. He has committed war crimes. In this situation, there isn't a good guy and a bad guy. Literally, everyone sucks. Having said that, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And almost any chaos in Russia is a positive development for Ukraine. Every Russian helicopter shot down by Wagner and any Wagner armored personnel carrier destroyed by Russia can no longer be used to kill Ukrainians. Just before 2 p.m. local time, it was reported that Putin had urgently left Moscow for his bunker in Valdai. Kremlin Press Secretary Dmitry Peskov, of course, denied this. Polish President Andrzej Duda ordered the Polish army to be on high alert. Around this time, a call to overthrow Lukashenko's regime was published in Belarus. Valery Sakhashchik of the 1st Air Mobile Battalion within the Ukrainian Armed Forces and head of the National Security Department within the United Transitional Cabinet of Democratic Forces in Belarus, appealed to the Belarusian military, saying, quote, Either we take this historic chance or we lose everything, end quote. 
Belarusian opposition leader Svetlana Tsikhanovskaya called for the expulsion of Russian troops from the country by the Belarusian army and had set up an operational headquarters, asking for help from Kostas Kalinovsky's regiment, the Belarusian regiment fighting on the side of Ukraine. By 4.52 p.m. local time, traffic in and around Moscow was pretty gnarly. Roads were blockaded and, in some cases, workers were using heavy machinery to dig out chunks of highway in an effort to prevent Wagner vehicles from passing. Fun fact! Those same heavy machinery vehicles are already filling the holes that they dug. Also, the barricades didn't really do much. And by evening, Prigozhin's troops had gotten to within 50 kilometers of Moscow. And where in all of this was Chechen TikTok warlord Ramzan Kadyrov? Despite his recent apparent alliance with Prigozhin leading up to Wagner's withdrawal from Bakhmut, Kadyrov issued a strong-worded statement declaring he would be sending his men to defend Putin. Which uh, went about as well as could be expected, with the majority of Kadyrovites getting stuck in a traffic jam leading to Rostov-on-Don, and those who did make it into the city ending up uh, disarmed by Wagnerites. Not to worry, though, the son of Ugandan autocrat, Lieutenant General Mahuzi Kainarugaba, volunteered members of his own army to defend Putin in Moscow. Ultimately, it didn't matter. Around 6.30 p.m. local time, Prigozhin issued the following statement, quote, We are turning our convoys around and going back. Within the hour, video footage had appeared showing Wagner troops taking their equipment and leaving Rostov-on-Don. Well, all but one... The tank that um, somehow ended up wedged in an archway of a circus? I mean, like country like revolution? But how did this happen? Why did Prigozhin get within a stone's throw of Moscow and then say, oh, let's head back now? If Lukashenko's administration is to be believed, it was all due to the incredible negotiating skills of the Belarusian fake president. Which doesn't track. Also, where are Shaigu and Gerasimov? Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov issued a statement saying that an agreement had been reached. Criminal proceedings against Prigozhin had been suspended. Wagner mercenaries who participated in the armed rebellion would not be prosecuted, and Prigozhin would go to Belarus. Quick question. Is going to Belarus the Russian equivalent of going to live on a farm upstate? Because Prigozhin has earned himself a long walk out of a sixth-floor window, at the very least. This episode has ended with quite a few cliffhangers and, like the final season of Game of Thrones, has left a lot of people confused, including Russians. But that's the brief for today. Remember to check your sources and don't fall for propaganda. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And please, consider supporting our work on Patreon. You'll find the links in the description. A special shout-out today to Harley Whitehead. We've rescheduled our Q&A with him to chat about logistical support and EOD work in Ukraine to next weekend. We'll be back with some analysis and on Monday with our regular updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone! І на цьому на сьогодні все.